In another podcast I host called Love and Abuse, I give you exactly what to say and what to expect when you're dealing with difficult people. If that applies to you, check it out over at loveandabuse.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I want to help you increase your emotional intelligence, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and give you the tools to show up as your authentic self. This show is about healthy perspectives, healthy thinking, and healthy communication, and it consists of my personal opinions meant for informational purposes only. Well, welcome to the show. I am so glad you are here, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little story about something that happened to me. Just yesterday, I was at one of my favorite places, Panera Bread. They don't pay me to say that. (laughs) Maybe someday they will, but today they're not paying me to say that. But I was at the register and ordering my food, and she asked me if I wanted a drink, and I said yes, but I brought my own cup, so whatever you charge for that, I, I don't know what they charge. I just say I brought my own cup so I can put my drink in my own cup and stuff. And she said, uh, she looked at me and she said, oh, we don't do that. And I thought to myself, that's not right because I've been doing this for quite literally years. So I said, um, well, I've been doing it for years. And she just said, oh, okay, okay. And then she raised her hands and she just charged me for my drink and my food and when I got it, I brought it back to the table, and I ate, and as I was eating, I felt like what I said was sort of rude. I felt like it was rude to say, well, I've been doing it for years, and I'm exaggerating a little bit right now, but that's what it felt like I said. It felt like I said, well, I've been doing this for years. What are you, an idiot? That's what it felt like I said. I didn't say that, but it felt like I said that, and I started to feel bad. So I'm sitting there thinking, I I wish that would have gone better. I wish I had said something like, oh, uh, did you change your policy? You know, I should have said something different. You know, I I started this episode by telling you it's a show about healthy communication. And I failed. I mean, in my own mind, I failed at healthy communication. So I'm sitting there thinking that was not very uh, kind. It wasn't a very healthy way to say it. It was very dismissive. And um, she didn't complain about it. She just wanted to satisfy the customer. So that's what happened. And so um, I was there for a few hours because I was trying to get some work done. And um, I called my girlfriend and I asked her, do you want me to get you anything? And she said, yes. So I went up to the counter again. And I don't think she recognized me, but she was very kind, very friendly. And I asked for a pizza for me because I'd been there long enough (laughs) to eat something else. And uh, I got some soup for my girlfriend. And I asked, can I have bacon on that pizza? And she looked at me and she goes, oh, we can't modify. We can't modify the food. And I thought, okay, this is really strange because 
First, she told me that I couldn't bring my own cup, which I've been able to for many years. And then she tells me that I can't modify the food, which is, it doesn't even make sense because you can go into their, their app and choose modifications for your food. But <laughs> the good news is for me that I had an opportunity to show up differently. I had an opportunity to replay this scenario. And instead of saying what maybe I would have said if I hadn't thought about it, I've been doing this for years. I've been modifying my food for years. What's your problem? I would never say it that way, but that's what I'm thinking in my mind. What's your problem? I've been doing this for years. Instead of saying that, I decided to say, oh, you don't? She said, well, I don't think so. Let me go ask my manager. And that was a different response. And she came back and she said, okay, yeah, we can do that. Do you want the strips or do you want the bits? And I said, well, whatever's easier for you. I didn't care as long as it was bacon. <laughs> and, uh, she said, okay, we can do that. And then she said, I can't wait to see it. Like it was brand new to her. And I have a feeling she was new to the store. So she put my order in and I, I got a pizza with bacon. And uh, she was just happy. I mean, I left that interaction with her feeling happy and me feeling good about myself. And that was so different. Before, I was just sitting there feeling I was rude and I could have handled it better. And I'm supposed to be the person that can handle this better because I teach this kind of stuff. And I don't want to be rude to someone when it's quite possible there's a number of things that could have happened. They could have changed their policy because of COVID. She could be brand new and believed that their policy was as it was. She could have worked at a different restaurant and that was what was on her mind. She couldn't change things. She couldn't allow people to bring their own cups in. There's a, a thousand different things that could have been the reason why she said what she said. Another reason could have been that she didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> but I didn't take it that way. I just assumed that she didn't know the policy or didn't understand it or was learning. So my point is that when we have an opportunity to react to someone in a way that leaves us both feeling good, I think it's important to take that opportunity because it will sit with you if there's any type of negativity involved. If you don't feel bad about it, it won't sit with you. That's just the way it is. Some people don't feel bad about the interaction they leave the register and they say that person's an idiot. They don't know what they're talking about. And maybe they think it's a one-off and it won't happen again and it's all good. But um, I think when you have an opportunity to leave an interaction where both of you feel good, I think it's a better way to handle it. Not that you're doing it wrong now. It's just that when I saw the way she responded the second time, it made me feel good. Not because I was trying to make amends or trying to absolve some unhealed trauma in me, but because it just made me feel good to see somebody else feel good. I think that's a good feeling when you see someone else feel good and you were involved in that interaction. I was involved in making her feel good, even though that wasn't my goal. I wasn't there to make her feel good. It just happened to turn out that way. And it allowed me to feel better about myself as well. So seeing her feel good made me feel good. It was an empathetic response. 
and also it made me feel good about myself. So that's the part that is most helpful to me is that when I leave, I feel good about myself. What can I do to feel good about myself? What can I say to people to feel good about myself? Who am I going to be at the end of the day? Who do I want to be? Something or someone, the universe, God, allowed me to play this interaction over again and change my response. That changed my day. It changed my perspective. And it uh, gave me something to talk about <laughs> on the show because it, it really made um, an impact on how I communicate and how dismissive I've been in the past. And I wasn't dismissive because I was trying to be rude or mean, but we can do this sometimes. We can just be dismissive. You know, you got it wrong. I know I'm right. Just move on. You know, I always order a large and it's always this price. You're wrong. I'm right. Let's just move on. And in this case, I said, oh, you don't? You don't allow us to modify the, the meal? And I know some people are thinking, well, you're just being manipulative. That's what my girlfriend said, actually. <laughs> she said, it sounds like you were manipulating. And my first answer to her was, I'm so sorry that my manipulation made us both feel good in the end. And she said, no, that's not what I mean. And I said, I know, I know. I, I told her, it does sound like a manipulation, but it's not because I realized that I was rude and I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that dismissive person that treated this other person, another human being, an equal on this planet as anything but an equal. I didn't want to be that superior, holier-than-thou person. So I had an opportunity to change that scenario, to replay it. And uh, that's what happened, and I replayed it. And it went uh, stellar. It made me feel so good, it made her feel good. And I also think that it probably changed how she approached other people because now she knows she can modify meals. And this is nothing against Panera Bread. I've always had good food and service there. Uh, it was just, I'm sure that everyone is dealing with a crunch right now. There's help wanted signs everywhere. So it's quite possible she was new. But my point is that I think it's helpful to just take a moment before you respond to someone so that you don't appear, um, and this is a choice, so that you don't appear superior, holier than thou, righteous, um, smarter. I'm not saying that some people won't perceive you as any of these things. I'm just asking you to take a moment right before a response. And sometimes it's hard because sometimes it's very subconscious, all these reactions and responses we have very much coming from a deeper place inside of us. But uh, when you respond to someone, uh, think about it. Think about how it might be taken, how it might be felt. Because, I mean, I'm recording this on February 18th, 2022. Uh, it will be distributed on February 20th. At the moment, there are so many people getting angry, getting crazy, getting upset about different things. You hear about it like on the airlines, unruly passengers. You hear unruly customers. And I can imagine uh, all the people that are the frontline workers are really dealing with a lot right now. They're really dealing with so much. 
and they don't need Mr. Podcaster walking <laughs> saying, I've been doing this for years. I know this is within policy. In my opinion, they don't need anyone giving them a hard time when they already have a lot to deal with. I mean, a frontline worker, a service worker, a cashier, a barista, whoever you are, if you're in that line of work, it is very difficult. I think that is probably some of the most difficult work that you can have because you are dealing with every single psychological issue that is on this earth. You are dealing with every psychological issue because you will run into every type of person. And that is very tough. It was like when I used to work tech support for computer stuff and people would call me. Not only would I have to deal with technical stuff, but I would also have to deal with the psychological issues they were dealing with in the moment. So if they were angry, now I've got to calm them with the anger by helping them with their technical stuff, which means I had to wear two hats. And um, fortunately, I was very good at calming people. This is sort of my specialty, healthy communication, trying to neutralize situations. I was the middle child growing up, so I was very good at lowering stress levels and being a balancer. And so if you can do this in your own life, if you can find a way to neutralize without being a people pleaser, without compromising your values, your integrity, your boundaries, and just showing up in a way that's kind and respectful and just knowing that the other person probably has dealt with a lot. Sometimes this is what happens. And I'm not talking about people that always give you a hard time. I'm not talking about the difficult person at work or the difficult partner in your relationship. Sometimes they just show up and there's nothing else we can do to please them. So we have to think about different ways to approach them or different decisions we need to make in our lives. But when we run across somebody who really is just trying to help us, it can be very helpful to them that we are aware of how we might appear to them. And I'm not giving them a break either. Some of them can be rude. (laughs) Some of them can be rude back. Some of them have had it up to here with customers. And when they see us come in, they've already got a preconceived notion of who we are and how we're going to show up. So this works for both sides. I'm not just talking about customers. I'm talking about everyone in general, how we show up in their lives. And um, just be aware. I mean, this is The quick lesson for this segment, just be aware of how you might sound to others. This requires turning on your empathy. And the question I like to ask myself is, how would it feel if that person said that to me? Or in my case, how would it feel if I was on the other side of the counter that day and she was the person saying that to me? That's where I would go. Would I say, oh, I'm an idiot. She's right. I I should know this. Or what I say, that wasn't very nice. And that's what I would say. And that's what I feel. And that's what our subconscious mind tells us. Our subconscious mind lets us know if we are okay with how we responded. And when I sat down that day at the Panera Bread, my subconscious mind said, you know, you could have been nicer. Okay. I heard that. I hear you. And I was thinking of all kinds of ways I should probably go up there and even apologize. But I was ready to let it go. I was ready to say, you know, I just won't do that again. I'll 
pay it forward or when I come back and I see her again, I'm definitely not going to be dismissive. I'm going to treat her as nice and kind as I possibly can. And um, I'm just going to move on from this incident. But the universe had different plans in mind. It said, I'm going to give you another opportunity. Okay. (laughs) I took it and it felt really good. So I hope this story helps in some way. You may not need it. You may not need to know this. You may already know this, and you're very careful about what you say anyway, but I think it can be helpful just to be aware and take a breath sometimes before we respond to someone. We'll be right back after this. friendship bracelet, get some more keys, continue, match some leaves, match some mushrooms. I've never seen that before. Uh, Match some shells. Oh no, I can't do that. Match some strawberries. Excuse me while I finish this level of Best Fiends, one of my favorite mobile app puzzle games. If you've not heard me talk about it before, it is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game that anyone can play, whether you have a few minutes or a few hours. It is a perfect puzzle game to unwind with because, uh, like you just heard, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the game. I probably shouldn't be playing while I'm recording, but (laughs) I wanted you to hear what it sounds like. I love the sound effects. I actually had the music off. I'm going to turn it back on because I actually enjoy listening to it, but I wanted to record this without the music because some people get distracted. In fact, I got to turn that down now. (laughs) This game features a ton of cute characters that help you solve thousands of fun puzzles. The more you play, the more characters you collect. And um, I'm sharing this with you. I've been playing Best Fiends for a long time now. Uh, I introduced it to my girlfriend. She introduced it to her mom. Everyone that uh, has a mobile phone around us now knows about it. (laughs) So now I'm telling you, it is a game that you can download for free right now. They have 100 million downloads. And I highly recommend you check it out if you want something to do besides checking email all day. That's what I do. I want to tell you where to get it. Go to Google Play or the Apple App Store. Download Best Fiends today. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. And um, give your brain some TLC. You know, I've been playing a while. I'm on level 403, I think. And um, let me check. Yeah, 403. And every time I play, every time I graduate to another level, every time I evolve one of my characters... I notice new things to do and new ways to solve puzzles and I love comparing how far I've gotten with how far my girlfriend's gotten and she started after me and she's already blew me away she's she's beyond (laughs) so again I'm here to tell you about best fiends go to Google Play or the Apple App Store and download best fiends that's friends without the R best fiends and I found best fiends a great way to pass the time a great way to just disconnect for a while or connect with myself because I'm doing something for myself. But sometimes you need someone to talk to. Sometimes you need someone to chat with that can help you through very specific issues. And that's why I also have the sponsor BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with a therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable 
than in-person therapy. And um, when you sign up for BetterHelp, you'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You know, I remember going to therapy when I was, I think, in my 30s. And I was just starting to realize that I needed help because I was depressed and I couldn't stop my depression. I couldn't get out of it. And I remember the very first day of therapy and I expressed all this stuff. And then when I was done, I walked out the door and I shut the door behind me. And this wave of freedom came over me. I just felt free of some burden. I mean, this was only after one session. And I knew that there was still more in there, but I felt like I left my problems behind me, like they were in that room. I was walking away from my problems. And that's what I recall from therapy is that it can help you relieve the pressure, make you feel better. I mean, life is full of stressors. So if you're feeling down and out and depressed like I was, or you're trying to make decisions that are right for you, but you still can't get there, I highly recommend BetterHelp. Unload the stress, get it out, talk to someone who's completely unbiased about your life, someone who isn't going to judge you or take sides on anything. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And as a listener of The Overwhelmed Brain, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. That's two words, better, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com forward slash brain. You know, everything I've learned, everything I've been through, I still continue to invest in myself. I still do everything I can to be healthy mentally and physically. Um, I'm still working on the physical part, but I am taking huge steps now. And our mental health is so important, as you know. So check them out, betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com forward slash brain. It might be exactly what you need. Welcome back. I want to read an email to you from someone that started a new relationship and um, it ended. They had problems in their relationship. They couldn't work them out. But this is a special kind of relationship. This is one that had an instant connection. And I think that's an important topic to bring up because if you're like me, I had an instant connection once or twice or 10 times in my life. And the instant connection relationships, they can be actually problematic. And there's a reason or several reasons that can happen. And I'm going to share with you my thoughts on instant connection, um, love at first sight, believing in some sort of deep soul connection or something like this person wrote. So I'm just going to read you this email and we'll talk about a, a healthy way to think about relationships in general, but especially ones that you really connect with someone right off the bat. And uh, let's just start this. I'm going to read that email right now. This person wrote, I just ended my relationship. We were friends first, but we had an instant soul connection the day we met. There were so many beautiful moments. I finally felt truly seen and accepted for who I was, and he did too. Eventually, this was our downfall because we both enabled our unresolved anger issues. When we were triggered, it got ugly. He had an aggressive side. He didn't hit me, but it was scary. 
He could lose himself in an instant. The breakup was so painful, but also the push we needed. Both of us are finally doing the work to heal. Neither of us wants to date anyone else, but knowing that is even more painful. The fantasy that we'll both be able to heal and magically come back together someday seems like an ideal. How do I accept that we both may find someone else during this period and be okay with it? Okay, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sorry that you went through a breakup. I've uh, felt that many times, and it's not a good feeling at all. Uh, It can be downright awful. So let me address your email. We were friends at first, but we had an instant soul connection. So the soul connection thing, the instant attraction, I'm going to give you a few of the items of what to look for when you have an instant connection and what to be careful about. I'm going to do that after I read the rest of the email. Uh, There were so many beautiful moments I felt truly seen and accepted for who I was, and he did too. Um, Eventually, this was our downfall because we both enabled our unresolved anger issues. I'm going to address what you said in the end and get to uh, what I believe are a list of things that you should watch out for when you have an instant connection or attraction. Um, One of the things that you said in the end is neither of us wants to date anyone else And knowing that is even more painful. The fantasy that we'll both be able to heal and magically come back together someday seems ideal. But how do I accept that we both may find someone else during this period and be okay with it? I had to face this myself many times, but when I really faced it and when I really came to uh, a good conclusion for myself was at the end of my marriage. The end of my marriage, I was missing her and I wanted her back and it had to be her. It couldn't be anyone else. There's no way that anyone else could replace her. That was my thought process. And so I just had this recurring obsessive thought. I just want her back. I just want her back. Because if we could, you know, resolve our problems, then this is this would be ideal. This is what we would want. Just like you said, it would be ideal. But Here we are, what do we do when there's a chance that we won't get that person back? And so I went through a bunch of questions. I was reflecting, going over the relationship, uh, going over what I loved about her, and I never really thought about what I didn't love about her or what I didn't like. I just stayed focused on what I loved. So that's one minor approach to this is instead of focusing on all the stuff that we loved about someone, we can focus on all the stuff that we didn't like. Again, that's minor because really what changed my perception and my obsession was the question, if I were to meet someone else that was just as attractive, if not more, just as fun to be with, if not more, um, just as uh, supportive and caring and loving, if not more, would it be okay to date that person or be with that person? Meaning, if they were just as good and funny and attractive and everything I loved about the other person, if they were just like that other person in many ways or more, would I be okay with a new person in my life? And so the answer came up, well, yes, I would. Why does it have to be that person? Why does it have to be that person's name? You know, I was thinking of her name. It has to be, I'm not going to tell you her name, X. It has to be her. And when it isn't, that 
is a thorn in my brain. I don't want that. But what if I did meet someone just as attractive, just as funny and fun to be with, just as supportive and loving and caring and wanted to be with me and found me all the same qualities that I found her? What if I met someone like that? Would I be okay with it? Would I be okay that it wasn't my ex? And my answer was yes. I think in most cases, your answer is going to be yes. Because what do we get from a relationship? We get all of those feelings and more. This is another way to ask the question. If someone came along and made you feel just as happy, just as loved, just as sexy, if that's what you felt, just as everything, you had just as much fun or more. In all those categories, if you felt all of that and more, would it be okay that it wasn't that person that you used to be with? If your answer is no, then I would ask why. Why is it no? I'm not saying that it wouldn't be nice to have that same person, but it would also be nice to have another person that did all the same things and maybe more. So that's just something to think about. That's just something to ask yourself to help you stop obsessing that it has to be Bill or Rick or Mary or Jane or whoever they are. Does it have to be that person if you're having all the same feelings, if not more and better? It's just something to think about. I'm not saying this is a magic pill, but it really helped me uh, stop obsessing about having that specific person in my life really helped. So I'm going to move past that part of your email and hopefully uh, that has helped and get into this other thought about instant connection and instant attraction. I hope that that was actually the the main subject of your email was answering that question. How am I going to get past this? You know, if we're how can I be okay with it if we're seeing other people? And um, I think that's just a good way to look at it. If you both meet someone that is just as great and or better, how is that a problem? I think that's a, a great way to perceive things. I tell you what, when you meet a new person that's not like your ex, it can be fantastic. It can be eye-opening. It can be refreshing. Not that you were jaded by them, but it can be a whole new experience that maybe you didn't know you wanted. That's what happened to me. I met someone I didn't know I wanted. I met someone that I didn't realize I would enjoy being around so much and enjoy having a connection with. I mean, she can be tough as nails. <laughs> she can be very direct. And I thought, well, I just want someone that is touchy-feely all the time and really like me. And she's not. She's different. And I think that's what makes her so attractive. I, I There's a lot about her that makes her attractive, but it's amazing how someone can show up in your life and you think, that's not what I want. And then you get to know them and you realize, wow, that they have a lot of what I want. I didn't realize that a relationship could be so honest and transparent. And sure, there are things that could be better and there are things that might be a lot worse if I was with somebody else. And it's amazing what happens when you give certain relationships a chance. 
because instant connections don't always uh, last because of that. Meaning, if I had an instant connection with this person, maybe all the stuff that makes it great wouldn't be there because something else would be there, something that overrode the idea or the concept of getting to know each other. And that's sort of what an instant connection can do. It can override, but that's part of my list. So I'm going to go over this list of the components of an instant connection and what an instant connection can do and what it contains and what you have to be aware of so that you don't get trapped into something that might not work for you. In this case, uh, the instant connection was great and helped each other. They, they connected at the beginning, but then things went downhill because they had stuff to work on. And I'm so glad to hear that you're working on that stuff. That's fantastic. Uh, sometimes the best healing takes place apart. I hate to tell you, sometimes the best healing takes place apart because you can't always have the stimulus that triggers you in your life while you're healing. If you are healing from a burn, you can't continuously expose yourself to fire. You have to get away from the fire so that you can heal from the burn. And then when you get, you know, when you're healed and you want to get near that fire again, you have a, a better way to approach because you know how to deal with it. You know how to avoid getting burned because you have better tools. You have uh, more productive tools that will help you in certain situations. So here's the list. This is the instant connection or the instant attraction list. For one, uh, or first one, is it decreases your scrutiny. So if you have an instant connection, it's an instant soulmate feeling, you decrease your scrutiny almost right away. That, that means you overlook and forgive more than perhaps you should. I mean, when you really connect with someone, you want everything to go well. So you're more likely to be accepting of, unfortunately, toxic behavior. That is often what happens. Uh, I remember when I met my wife, when I was married, um, I had some toxic behaviors that were starting to come out, and she was so forgiving of them. She didn't bring them up saying, hey, these are a problem. Stop doing that. She just you know, overlooked them. You know, this is Everything else is great, so I'm just going to overlook those, and hopefully they'll go away. And I'm not blaming her for not doing that. I'm just saying it's good for you to be aware of this. When you see any type of toxic behavior, you don't want to get burned, so you should bring it up and say, hey, look, I don't like when you do that, or that made me feel disrespected or unloved or devalued. Um, please, let's talk about this and let's get through it. Number two component of an instant connection or attraction is uh, the toxic behavior that you do witness won't seem so toxic at first. This is because you feel so good with someone that seems to understand you so well. Because of that, you're less likely to label something as toxic. This causes you to miss the early warning signs that need to be addressed. You might even say things like, well, they didn't really mean it. Or, they were just having a bad day. You are more likely to overlook things and let them slide. And that is what uh, allows them to continue. Just like I was saying, if my wife said, hey, look, you just did something that I don't like. That better not happen again. <laughs> that might have straightened me up. Probably not because I had issues back then. But 
it would have certainly been brought up to be talked about. And we're going to talk about that in a second too, something that you bring up to talk about. But let's go to number three. Number three is the deeper the connection, the more likely that you were in a deep space of wanting or needing before you met them, even if those wants and needs were unconscious. What that means is there's a longer distance to travel to the point where you're actually with someone. It's it's a more meaningful connection when you're going from way down to way up. It's like the difference between finding someone who's laughing really hard and then telling them a joke so they laugh even harder, that's a short distance, and finding someone who's really sad and you tell them a joke and it's super funny and they just burst out laughing and it cheers them up. That's a long distance from that sadness to blissfully laughing and happy. So that's what can happen sometimes is that you can be in this deeper state of not wanting to be alone or feeling sad or whatever it is and now you find someone and when it's an instant connection you are pulled so far from that depth that it feels so strong it's very powerful and so you just have to be aware of that the deeper the connection the more likely that you are in another deep space of wanting or needing that's not necessarily a a warning sign or a red flag It's just something to be aware of because if you were there, if you were in that deeper space and you were pulled out from there, you're more likely to have uh, a deeper connection. Then maybe you wouldn't have such a deep instant connection, which it sounds like I'm taking that away from you. I'm not. It's nice to have that, but it's also nice to be aware that uh, the reason you might be in a deeper connection and to be aware of these components or caveats that I'm telling you now. So that's number three. Number four is having an instant connection uh, will often bring out a dysfunction or an area that we need to work on. With an instant connection, there's a chance that you resonate for a dysfunctional reason. That sounds a little new agey, so let me tell you, I've seen this many times. If you've both had a lot of trauma in your past, you may show up in a way that is very similar to each other. For example, children with trauma can develop certain personality characteristics and certain behaviors that you may find attractive or safe in someone else. In other words, when you develop coping skills when you're younger, those are meant to make you feel safe. So imagine meeting someone with those same or very similar coping skills it might make you feel safe because they do similar things as you to cope. That means you would feel more comfortable around them. So if they've had trauma and you've had trauma in your past and you've both developed similar coping mechanisms, you're going to resonate, I don't even like to say this, you're going to resonate at a dysfunctional level, or at least you may resonate at that dysfunctional level, meaning the dysfunctions that you may still have in your life, the unhealed traumas, the unresolved pain and sadness and anger or whatever's in there, you both may be in that state, which is apparent in this email. She says, we both had this trauma in our past and it came out. We both got angry. So, you know, when you have an instant connection, you might want to consider that there might be uh, a resonant 
dysfunction or a dysfunctional resonance. You know, that you are resonating at the same dysfunctional or in a similar dysfunctional space. So it can be helpful just to understand that, hey, that might be in here. So let's take things a little slowly and figure out what's going on here. Not that you'd say that, hey, we have dysfunction, so let's be careful. It's just something to be aware of. You want to be conscious of this stuff. Um, it's like two people fearing abandonment or rejection. If they found each other, it's going to feel like a match made in heaven. There'll probably be an issue in the relationship. They'll probably lead to jealousy and clinginess and obsessing about the other person, where they are, who they're with, and more. So just be aware that you can resonate for dysfunctional reasons. All right, we're almost done. Number five is because you are less scrutinizing and more forgiving, you are likely going to blame yourself for the problems that happen in the relationship. You are more likely to take the blame for misunderstandings and miscommunication. And because of that, you are more likely to allow toxic behavior to slide because you're going to take the blame. The instant connection, feeling, and having everything be perfect in the beginning means that you might actually take the blame uh, and take the fault for a lot of things that you shouldn't. And um, this is going to go right into number six, which is a caveat. You are less likely to treat the other person as an equal. And what I mean by that is that you might see them as holier than thou when they're just a human like the rest of us. Don't see what's not there. Don't see what you want to see. See what they say and do. And when they say or do something that makes you feel at all mad or sad or bad in any way, talk about it. This is where number five comes into play, where you're more likely to take the blame for misunderstandings and miscommunication. Uh, if you talk about it, then it's not taking the blame. It's just bringing it up, putting it on the table, and having a conversation. And having that conversation is important. You want to express this stuff. You don't want to be so forgiving and let things slide that they slide right off the table to never be discussed and now you have uh, dysfunction or toxicity in the relationship because you never addressed it. And this should be number seven, actually. You should be able to talk about anything at all. In fact, this might be one of the more important points of this is that when you have an instant connection or an instant attraction, it's so important to be able to talk about anything at all. And this means the hard stuff. This doesn't mean just the stuff that you are facing inside your own life. This means, hey, you know, when you left the toilet seat up, <laughs> when you didn't wash the dishes, it made me feel this. When you said this in a mean way or when you said this in a harsh way, uh, it felt like you didn't care about me or you didn't care that I was crying afterward. These are the hard conversations that we need to have. These are the hard conversations that absolutely need to be a part of the relationship and I think it's more important when you have an instant connection because if you're more forgiving, if you're more likely to blame yourself, if you're more likely to let things slide, then I do absolutely recommend that you have the hard conversations too because nothing will bring a relationship down faster than conversations that you don't have. 
I hope that makes sense. Nothing will bring a relationship down faster than the conversations that you don't have. Why? Because they get swept under the rug, they become unconscious triggers, and they come out in passive or active destructive ways later, meaning you could get emotionally triggered by something, and it could be a repressed anger about something in this relationship that was never discussed. So now you're arguing about things that aren't even really about the things you're arguing about. So just be aware that when you bury this stuff and you don't talk about it, the best thing to do is to talk about it. Because if you don't, it comes out later and it it will destroy a relationship. And I believe that a truly special connection is going to open the door to talk about anything. So this might be the qualifier to figure out if this really is a relationship that not only has an instant connection, but will also have longevity, will also keep the bond. You know, you'll be able to continue bonding for years and years, and it will continue to stay deep and maybe even grow deeper or at least reach a point where you're both so comfortable around each other and are happy with each other that you can see it as a definite long-term relationship with uh, minimal toxic elements. And that's how I like to see things, uh, especially with an, an instant connection, is when you really have this special connection, if you want to challenge this connection, and I don't want to make you challenge it, but... If you want to find out if this connection is going to turn into something long-term, you should both be open enough to be able to talk about anything. And again, that doesn't mean I'm sad today, will you listen to me? It means that you might have to bring up stuff about the other person or stuff that you believe the other person will get upset about. It's bringing up the hard stuff. Because a relationship that survives the hard conversations survives long-term. Usually, it usually has uh, more resilience, not only because it's a, an, a resilient relationship, it's because you realize that the other person is being honest and you prefer, I'm assuming, you prefer honesty. You realize the other person is risking it by telling you the truth and what greater person to be with than one that tells the truth at the risk of losing you. It's just a, a different feeling when you're with someone that is willing to be transparent and vulnerable around you. It's an entirely different feeling, and it definitely increases the bond and increases the longevity of a relationship. So there is my list when it comes to instant connection, instant attraction, uh, feeling like you're soulmates when you first meet. That kind of relationship can work. It absolutely can. But more times than not, just so you're aware, I see them fail because of the stuff that I went over today. You just have to watch it. You just have to be careful. Uh, Write these things down (laughs) because you may have to check them again just to make sure. Um, Am I following this pattern or am I being aware? Am I being conscientious? Am I taking it one day at a time? You know, my relationship with my girlfriend, uh, it took her about a year to get used to me. It took her about a year of scrutiny and not being able to trust me. It it took a long time because um, she she was victim to instant connections many times. 
And she told me that every time she had an instant attraction to someone, it was a, a nightmare. <laughs> so I'm trying to prevent that nightmare from anyone that might um, get into trouble or get into a situation they don't want to be in. Again, I'm not putting it down. It, it can absolutely be something perfect. If it's perfect for you, if it worked out for you, great. If you're starting one now, it's better to be scrutinizing and taking it day by day and just making a little scorecard. You know, it's like one check for something good, another check for something good, another check for something good. Oh, uh, they just yelled at me and I didn't deserve it. That goes in another column. I don't like that. And I might have to add more checks to you know, put more emphasis on it. And what does the card look like at the end of the day? What's the score? And I'm being a little bit metaphoric here, but you get what I'm saying. You just kind of take it slow. I, I love to take love slow, or at least I have learned to take love slow because a good relationship allows it to happen. A good relationship allows love to grow naturally, slowly, at the pace it needs to grow. And um, when it works, it works great. You just have to be aware of the stuff I talked about here today, especially with instant connection. This is mostly about being instantly attracted, instantly connected, instant soulmates. And you just want to be careful that uh, you don't get into trouble. It doesn't turn into something that um, causes a problem later. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm so glad you're here. We'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I'd like to thank our two sponsors, Best Fiends and BetterHelp, if you want a fun mobile puzzle game, download Best Fiends at the Apple App Store or Google Play today. And if you're dealing with some stuff that you need to talk to someone about, maybe something emotional going on or something you just need help making a decision on, head over to BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain and get 10% off your first month today. And I'd like to thank the financial backers of the show. I call these the patrons of the week. Good to see Donald, Jacqueline, Kim, Brian, Deborah, Stephen, Daisy, Julie, Monica, uh, Brad, and Holly. All of you wonderful, wonderful people. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I am grateful to each and every one of you, and I appreciate your support. So if you are interested in supporting the show, you find value in what I do over here, you can go over to moretob.com and uh, choose an option to support. You can give a single donation or become a patron and get some goodies I have over there in the patron program. Thank you again. I appreciate all of you. And I want to thank Guy Zip on iTunes for his review. He said that the episode called Not Everything Is Your Fault came at the perfect time and just what he needed because of the relationship that he was in uh, that ended and he was having a struggle with. So thank you for your words, Guy, and everyone that leaves a review, not only in iTunes, but everywhere. Um, I wish I could talk about all of you <laughs> and tell you how I feel about each and everything that you write, but I choose one every now and then. So thanks again, Guy Zip, and um, everyone that leaves reviews. And if you're dealing with a difficult relationship, 
head over to loveandabuse.com. That is my other podcast where I talk about how to navigate the difficult relationship and how to deal with control and manipulation and, of course, emotional abuse. And I give you the tools. I give you specific tools and specific responses on how to deal with certain events that occur in an emotionally abusive relationship. So if you need something like that, head over to loveandabuse.com. And if you found that you are emotionally abusive or very difficult, you know, you're the difficult one in the relationship, I offer a program called Healed Being over at healedbeing.com. And it has been so helpful to a lot of people. And I'm letting you know that it's there if you need it. And uh, I came from a background where I used to be that difficult person. And I had to be very vulnerable very humble and very transparent along my journey and very courageous to get through the fear, the coping mechanisms that I used to have, which contained a lot of fear. And once you get past that and you're healing from your emotional triggers, then what ends up happening is that you aren't uh, emotionally abusive anymore. You you stop being so difficult. But it's a journey. It, It is quite a journey and I'm here to help you with that if you are going through something in your life too. Head over to healedbeing.com if that sounds like it's right for you. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final words, I'm going to add a number eight to my list of seven earlier in the show where I talked about when you have an instant connection, when there's an instant attraction, an immediate feeling of soulmates, just to watch out for all of the things I talked about earlier, but also along with being more forgiving, we're more likely to give someone like that, you know, in our life, a free pass. In fact, many free passes for continually doing bad behavior because we think they're a victim. So it's, it's similar to what I already said, but I just want to say that we all have a sad story. Some of us have awful, horrible stories, and that really tugs at our heartstrings, and it's serious, and we know that they went through a lot. But I never want, you know, take this as I mean it, I never want you to let someone use a sad story as an excuse for their bad behavior. And that's tough to say because there are people doing bad behavior that may not know they're doing it, may not know how to control it, may not realize that um, it hurts you, but they're doing it because they might have some unhealthy coping mechanisms or just undeveloped coping mechanisms. So our coping mechanisms develop because of something that we, or many things that we've gone through in childhood And when those aren't developed in a healthy way, we will tend to hurt someone that we care about. And I notice this stuff. Even in my life today, I notice some of my responses. Like earlier, I was talking about how I treated the person at the cash register. And somebody might say, that's not really a big deal. And then others might say, well, that was pretty rude. And it all depends on how you feel about it, where... Are you going to carry it with you or not? And if I'm carrying around some negativity about how I treated someone or 
negativity that caused me to treat them that way in the first place, then that's going to come out in other ways, and that's going to hurt other people. And so I try to be careful. In fact, today on the way home, we um, went to Atlanta today, my girlfriend and I, and she said something, and she said, oh, it really bothers me. That's what she said. She said, it really bothers me. And I said, well, it doesn't bother me. And it was weird. After I said it, I thought, that was sort of invalidating, wasn't it? <laughs> I thought I knew all this stuff. I thought I knew how to hold a healthy conversation so that I didn't come across that way. And maybe I didn't. Maybe she didn't see that as invalidating at all. And I was just expressing my opinion. But um, the more I think about some of the reactions and behaviors that I do, even you know, 15, 20 years after I learned this stuff and practiced it over and over again, a lot of this stuff is still unconscious. A lot of this is really still under the hood that um, it bypasses our filters. It just comes out. And when it came out, now that I'm being very observant of my reactions in particular, when it came out, I realized that might actually sound invalidating. Instead of saying, oh, uh, you feel bad about that, what do you mean by that? I, I, I could have explored that. Instead of saying that, it was almost as if I was invalidating her by saying, well, I don't feel bad. It was like I wanted her to think that feeling bad wasn't a good option and feeling okay was. And I don't remember the context. It was something about somebody else. And when she saw that person, she felt bad. And I said, I don't. I don't feel bad at all. And so that, like I said, brought some stuff up. It made me realize, well, that's interesting. Maybe in a deep sense, she felt invalidated, but she didn't say it or she didn't realize it. And if you are going through life just having these interactions and not realizing what is happening, whether you're doing it or receiving it, whatever somebody else is doing to you, then you could be carrying around negativity that you don't know. And I know that opens up like a whole slew of stuff. Like, well, what does that mean? Am I carrying around a whole bunch of stuff that I don't want? And how will I know? <laughs> how will I know? I think all it is is just being observant. And I have chosen to be observant of my own reactions and responses instead of trying to observe somebody else like well how does she speak to me I don't really go there unless I feel bad in some way if I feel bad after an interaction with her then I will think something like oh that really felt bad why did that feel bad and then maybe I'll talk about it if I can't figure it out in myself or if I really need to say something hey what you just said sounded very invalidating or sounded disrespectful I might have to bring that up in some way but um, I don't normally do it because I don't really feel bad because we typically have healthy communication. But now that I'm noticing my own responses and behaviors, I here's the thing. I don't want to set myself up for a future failure or a future argument or a future bad feeling. And I believe that the more healthy my communication, my responses, my reactions are the less likely I'll be setting myself up for some future negative interaction. I hope that makes sense the way I just said it. But I think that it would be important that when I communicate with people I care about, that I communicate in a way that comes across uh, in their perception 
as uh, at least kind and respectful of who they are, of their values, of their boundaries, and not dismissive, like I was saying earlier, or invalidating, like I'm saying now, um, even if I don't mean to be. So I don't want to set her up to carry around any negativity, consciously or not. And I don't want to set myself up that if she is carrying that stuff around, that uh, it might come out in destructive ways later, and we have no idea why we're having an argument about a toothpaste cap (laughs) or something like that. So what I'm doing in this moment and continuously is monitoring my responses. How do I feel about the way I just responded? Was that okay? And it doesn't mean I'm just paranoid about it. It just means I'm aware. I'm being observant. And I think that's a good thing to do because sometimes we aren't aware of how we respond or how we react because it's so darn natural. It's just so easy because it just comes out just like breathing. comes in and out and in and out. And then we speak words all the time because we learn them at a young age and it just we just spit it out. We don't think twice about it. So I'm thinking twice. I'm thinking about it a second time and wondering, I wonder if that sounds invalidating. And like I said, I'm not going to go overboard and be paranoid about it. I'm just being aware because sometimes I'm not going to be aware of it. And if I can have an opportunity to be aware of it and learn something from it, I think that's a good thing. So maybe that helps you, maybe not. But I I have found that um, even after learning and teaching and practicing this stuff for so many years, there's still stuff in there. There's still unconscious programming in there that might come out in a way that uh, might be hurtful in some way. And um, here I am looking at it and making sure that I continue to work on it and continue to heal from anything that might be uh, left over. Like I said many times, and as you know, uh, this is a lifelong journey, trying to show up in the best way possible. I mean, there's always something new to learn when you are trying to improve yourself. And if you think you're done, (laughs) I'd be amazed, but maybe some people are. Maybe I'll never be there. I don't think I will. I don't think I'll ever be there. And I think that's a good place to be, in my opinion. I think it's a great place to be knowing I'll never reach the healthiest place I can be because it always keeps me humble. And that's what I prefer. And You can choose to be humble or not, but... I absolutely recommend that you at least keep an open mind. This is what helps you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.